That's your new girlfriend. This is family business, and this is for the family that can't be with us. And this is for my cousin locked down, all the answers in us. That's why I spit it in my song, so sweet like a photo where your granny's pitching that at you're gone and hit us. Super hard on Thanksgiving and Christmas, this can't be right. Yo, you heard the track I did, man, this can't be life. Somebody please say grace so I can save face and have a reason to cover my face. I even made you a play, so fool, know how granny do it. Monkey bread on the side, know how the family do it. When I brought a water car, I had yes, to sir, Yes, sir, yes, sir. Welcome to the We Ain't Just Family podcast, episode one. Coming to you live from my father-in-law basement. Hey. I'm Rodney Fresh, also known as the Bowtie Teacher. And I am Shonda, also known as Shonda. <laughs> and I just have to say real quick, being a teacher, none of my views reflect DPSCD views. So um, for the first episode, we, th- we thought we'll talk about what it's like to be a parent during this pandemic. So Shonda, you 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 a new parent to a, a nine month old. I got an eight month old, and we both got ten year olds. So, how how is it? Um, it has changed a lot. I think being a parent has changed from ten years ago. It is not the same with the new quarantine babies. Uh, so I'm learning it all over again. So I'm trying to readjust to it. Even though I'm been a parent for like ten years, like I said, I've watched that one grow so now it's like resetting trying to learn it all over again and it's hard yeah I like so I have a 10 year old bonus daughter so this is like my first time with with the full experience and I know my wife she was she was kind of pissed that we didn't get to do the baby shower and stuff she was like you didn't get to experience like all all the first that was the worst part I think not being able to do the uh the baby shower because we both well, Rodney is my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister. I don't know if we said that part. No. So that's how me and Rodney are related. And me and my sister, it's our second time being pregnant together. So we both kind of dealt with everything. Although Don sat this one out. Shout yeah. Out to yeah, we put her on the bench this time around. But it was like, uh, it sucked not being able to have like our big family around. We usually do games, the old lady gang, the aunties. They usually come play the games, have fun. So it was like weird doing virtual baby showers. It was different. And I guess for me, not having experienced that, like I didn't miss it because I never you knew what you was missing. Yeah. So you missed a good time. <laughs> I think for me, the parenting, like you go from excitement to like, damn, like I'm responsible for a whole whole nother life. Uh, and for me, like that was. Like, I still get anxiety, <laughs> like, today. Like, I'm happy he's, you know, here. I right. love my son to death. But it's like, you know, decisions I make, like, it's just not me no more. Yeah, I know for um, for us, that was the biggest thing. Like, when she first came home, it was like, yes, let's do this again. We're going to have another one back to back. And then once, like, month three and four set in, we like, no, nah, this is it. So we, I'm no more. I'm done. Yeah, people keep asking me, like, you guys going to have another one? No. Nope. Y'all, you Mm-mm. don't want no more? You don't want to try for, like, one more? Nope. We, we done. It's well, y'all are done. Y'all got a boy and a girl, so that should be that should be good. We stuck with three girls, so. So you, you might want to give the old punish try for the, the, the son. Nope. We, no, no. And, like, no. 
low key, like I kept saying, like, you know, whatever it is, if it's a boy or girl, like I'm gonna be happy. But when we when we had that ultrasound, even though I had to sit in the parking lot, th- thanks to COVID <laughs> and, and FaceTime. But when when I heard the nurse say it's a boy, like. I don't know if I would have had the same excitement, honestly, if it was a girl. Well, thank you. <laughs> I'm some. I'm a girl. That's probably why my left. He probably did have that excitement of a boy. <laughs> yeah, I was. I don't, I don't know. Like it's and it's funny because I was like talking to somebody. They was like, I know you're excited to have a boy, but the girls is the ones that really take care of you when you get old. Yeah. So. You know the girls not gonna leave you out in the cold. Like I know, I know my at least one of them for sure. I don't know the other one is. I haven't figured her out yet, but I know one of them ain't going to leave me out in the cold. I got somewhere to go. But I guess for me, like, part of my anxiety, too, was, like, my dad was, like, a big, and still is a big influence in my life. I'm like, I got big shoes to fill now that I'm about to have a son. Like, I don't just want to mess that up or whatever. So, like, I, I went from excitement to, like, God, I'm about to have a son, like, bringing somebody else, another black man into the world, and this world is cruel, so. Yeah. That was one good thing I was happy about with having um, a girl. I still definitely have to worry about it, but, you know, it's, it's when all of that was happening with the young guy, that's why I was kind of like, okay. Yeah, when, it, when George Floyd happened, and by that time, you know, George Floyd happened right around the time we were gonna gonna have my son and I remember I called my mom and I'm like when do you stop worrying and she was like I still worry about you and your dad today and I'm like I got a lifetime you know to 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 worry and I guess that was like my biggest thing like it's like open it's always been to me open season on black men but now to see it filmed and it's get I think it's getting a lot more attention now than before because of social media and, you know, everybody, but. Yeah, and then to me, it's like, it's traumatic. Like, being being black in America, period, to me, is like a traumatic, like, I feel like we all got P- PTSD or whatever. And, like, mental health is just, like, so important and we don't take care of it. And I'm like, and for me, like, my mental, my anxiety was, like, on 10, like, Found out my wife pregnant in December. January, she had the um, placenta eruption, which we can talk about later. And then in March, the pandemic hit. And I'm like, you know, they don't know if it's airborne at first. They're telling you to wear a mask. They're telling you not to wear a mask. And I'm like, well, damn, you can't go out because you're pregnant. So, like, I'm at the store. So, I'm like paranoid. Like, people I'm telling people to back up to six feet. <laughs> <laughs> It got it got serious. I uh I think during well during the pregnancy I can honestly say that was the most I think I've been at peace in a long time. Just the overall, not, maybe not a hundred percent of the time, but you know, cause you still got you know other stuff going on other than being pregnant. But I was at the most peace because it's you in a house just around people that you know like really care about you. So for me, being pregnant during the pandemic, I enjoyed it. Because you were only around a selected few. It wasn't all those outside people coming across and all that different energy you receive from different people. You only receive a positive energy. It was fun. Yeah, like, I enjoyed it because, 
and I and I still enjoy because I get to work from home. So yeah. I haven't missed any milestones. Like I got to see him roll over. Yeah. I got to hear him say "dada" for the first time. But it's a blessing and curse working from home because like I'm trying to teach online. And like he eight months now, so he's starting to get control of his body. He's starting to fuss. He he just don't sit there no more. Like he want to touch the keys on the keyboard and. They so. actually turn into uh, it's crazy because it's like you know how they, your phone do that thing where it's show like memories and so it's been like to watch her grow from like barely being able to hold her neck to now throwing clothes like and just the personality change and. It's, it's different. Do you notice, like, have you ever just looked at him and just been like, you know what? Hey, nigga, you really growing up. Yeah, I, I look at him, and I'm, like, sometimes, like, honestly, like, it'd be tears in my eyes. Like, because I'm going to be honest, like, at one point, like, I hit 30, I'm like, well, damn it, I might not have no kids. And then, like, 32, like, you ever going to get married? You ever going to have kids? You Like, you don't know what's in the car for you. And then to be... 35 and now 36 and it's it's amazing how God works because if you would have told me this was my life like seven years ago I wouldn't have believed you see and I think I don't know I, I was just talking to um, a friend of mine about this about uh, people normalizing let's normalize that you are supposed to have your kids in your 30s that's very much normal you go to college you find your career you get settled in your career you might change your career you meet somebody, you get to know them, you get married, y'all enjoy just each other for a while, then you have a baby. You yeah, almost I, you in your 30s at this time. Yeah, so. I saw that on, somebody asked that on Facebook, like, what's the perfect age to have, have your kids? Like, I, I do feel like it's the 30s. Like, I got an established job. Like, I got a bit of a routine down. Like, I look back, like, yeah, like, my parents had my older sister when they was 18, going on 19, like, yeah. And had me at twenty six, like the struggle was a, was real at first, like. And the times was different back then. Having kids, you know, back then it was it was, it was different. So having kids beyond now, it's it's harder. Like it's just harder. Shoot, we was um at the barber shop yesterday. Though my cousin made a good point. He was like, you know, if you was born in the eighties, either one of your parents was on drugs or some, or one of your family members was on drugs. He was like, the, you know, the eighties really hit this generation, and we didn't even realize it. Yeah, and and it's just even like I said, we're having a ten year old and a newborn. That's another thing that I kind of see like it kind of changed with that. So yeah, like. And I guess, and we're going to talk about this on another podcast, but being a, a blended family, because um, c- coming into London life when she was you know, five, going on, on six, and now she's 10, um, that that was an adjustment, too, try, trying to find my voice. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I think, yeah, I, uh, I don't want to talk about it, because I know we're going to talk about it another time, but I definitely think... Uh, it's a it's an everyday process when you're with a blended family. It don't you can't just jump right in. It's gonna be discrepancies, and then it may be on one end this week, or next week it might be on the other person. And, and I'm, I'm I'm still dreading. I teach high school students, but I'm still dreading the moment where she be like, "Well, you ain't my daddy," because I I know <laughs> no matter how much she love me, like I'm not like, and I know it's coming. I know I know it's gonna at be some, in the teenage at some years. Point in life, I uh you know. 
I had somebody that was around that wasn't my my real dad, and I think I told him that before, and he was more like a dad than any dad I ever knew. So it's 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 definitely coming, but I'm hoping it don't come today. So so how is it with the the ten year old home the the nine month old and your your nine month is is crawling. Mine's just trying, but it's not not there yet. Like I don't know, like she. It's helpful, and then sometimes it's stressful. So it's both. It's more so helpful than stressful. Because at 10, you know, they know the world. So you can't, they know everything. So it's like they want to do everything. They want to be super helpful, which she do. And it's like, all right, well, let me tell you this. No, because I know everything. And so that's the stressful part of it, like trying to find a way to just tell you, like, you're doing an awesome job. Like, you're being an awesome big sister. But let me just show you how to do this without them, you know, feeling like you think they can't do it. So that's kind of like the. How is the? Because I I know we have struggled with making sure that London um, is getting the attention that she had b- before her baby brother got here. That's the hard part because to be honest and being dead honest, and I think everybody can agree, it'll never be the same attention that it was before. Not saying that it's any less, and not saying that it's any more, but it's just now it went from. Like, for the longest, it was just me and Vay. So, I went from me and Vay to me, Vay, two dogs, a, a fiance, a new baby. Like, it just went to, like, a whole bunch of... So, you know, you giving her all your time, and then now it's kind of cut down a little bit. So, you still got to make that time for just them, though, where it is time for just them. Yeah. So, that's what I'm working on now. Yeah, and I, I, yeah I'm going to be honest. Like, we, we are work in progress when it comes to that, because, like... London flat out asked me one day, like, do, do you love me as much as you love Ali? <laughs> and I'm like, he a baby, so I, I you know, I got to get her more attention. She's just telling you knew her longer. Like, yeah, so longer. I'm like, you you older, like, he can't even walk yet. So <laughs> certain stuff I can tell you, tell you to do, like, I can't yeah. don't be attached right now. Yeah, and it's like, it's just, it's just hard because you never want them to feel, want to feel like it's a difference in how you treat, but there is an age difference. So, difference. So, the way you kind of go about it with the other one is kind of different. I'm not going to talk to a 10-year-old the way I talk to a 9-month-old. I'm going to talk to a 9-month-old the way I talk to a 10-year-old. So, it's still, I'm, I know me, I'm just trying to still figure out how to tweak it to where, you know, everybody feels. Yeah, and I know. I'm so it's just me and my older sister and it's six years between us. So I, I know from experience, like my sister really, really resented me at first. Like me and my sister, like we closer now, but we, we never been as close as I, as I wanted, want us to be. And I think part of that is the, the age difference. Um, Uh, Well, yeah, cause I got, it's, it's three of us sisters. So, the youngest, and then the oldest. And I think with the, well, all of them, I'm close with all of them. I think I'm, we close with the young, my younger sister, only because when Lauren got older, that's the oldest. When she got older, it was kind of like she was too cool, so that she now she hanging with her friends, and she leaving us, and she going away to college, she doing fun stuff. So it's kind of like just us two for like three years, four years, whatever. So it's kind of like with Nevada, that's what I try to teach her. Like, you know, y'all sisters, like y'all gonna have that bond. Like, uh, you got a life, like you got a lifetime best friend as a, you know, your sister. 
So that she do real good with her pointer. And now I can say that heavy move a little more. She a lot more involved. It's like with Nevaeh, if it's just something that's just going to sit there, she don't want to play with it. But once it can move and do stuff and do tricks, now it's like, all right, cool. Now I'm ready to hop in. So I got to remember, stop thinking about what she, when we first had her, how she was just like, oh, I don't want to. Now she wants to because she, you know, she can interact yeah, more. And I will say, London, um, since when we brought Ali home, it's like trying to do everything. I'm like, he a newborn, like you can't just yeah. like he not a baby doll. Like you gotta be careful. Scared. Yeah, and then you fi- keep finding yourself saying, ah, 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 no, 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 no. Everything is no, and then it's like, well, dang, I gotta say yeah sometimes. So it's like, yeah, that's the hard part. I did get an idea about um, like the parents and thing. One thing to start trying is maybe like a yes day or something, where it's like every day you say for that one day you say yes to everything. But yeah, I, yeah, I saw that movie. You saw that movie? And I, and okay. I was just like, at first I was like, okay, that's cool. Then at the end I was like, oh no, we could do it. Like yeah, it's gonna have to be a modified yes day. Yeah, yeah, you got to tweak it to y'all. I think you got to tweak it to your family. But I'm thinking about maybe doing one of those because it it did seem fun. It seemed like everybody had a good time because it can be stressful with a new baby on everybody. And and I I think homeschooling. For us, has has like added to the stress because now I'm not only your parent, I'm your teacher. So I'm tr- your janitor. Yeah. So your principal. So all of them at once. Yeah. So I'm like, when when is the separation? Like normally, had this been a normal year, you would be at school from eight to three. I would be at work and then like, but now it's like it'd be six o'clock. We still doing schoolwork some nights. Yeah, yeah. and it's for me like I go to work so. When I get off of work, I'm getting off at like four or five. Then I'm having to grab her. Then I'm having to come home. And bedtime is like 8.30, 9.30, depending on how she is. 8.30 or 9.30, you still got to cook dinner. And then with him, he's gone every other day over the road. So it's like kind of like a single mother type of thing. So most nights I'm doing it all. Do you, do you, do you feel like y'all are like two cells, like – Selling in in opposite direction someday, like I'm as coming, as, he going, and as far as sometimes some days, in the beginning, no, because in the beginning he was that that parent that was kind of like full hands on, and you know, so I could because I wanted to go back sooner after having her, because I I just I love what I do, so I wanted to go back sooner, so he was more full on because he didn't want to be like the daycare and you know with the pandemic going on. She was in virtual school while we sent her to daycare. So we let her stay home. But then it's like, okay, now it's kind of changed. So now some days it feels like, okay, we just going with the motions, kind of. It's like a routine. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, okay, we're in a routine. Just being, being just as like a routine now. So it's like now it's kind of like, okay, well, that kind of, I don't know, it could kind of put a little strain on yeah, the relationship too. I was reading something. Time. They said divorce and separations is up during during the pandemic. So you stuck in this house with this person all day, looking at them, look at you. <laughs> no, you do get frustrated. You haven't felt like it was like a day where it was just like, all right, like I need to just step outside, just do some donuts around the corner a couple times. Yeah, like and and I feel like what has worked and it don't always work, but it's like I go get my haircut every Saturday at seven o'clock, like. My cousin owned the shop. Shout out to Trendsetters. 
but that's that's been like my oasis. Like we have God time from like seven to nine thirty. It's, it allows me to to decompress. Like yeah. if I ain't had a barbershop, like I don't know. Like I probably like that. Like I feel like the barbershop is like mental health for men. I think people. What for me? What I had to start realizing. What I'm working on. Still kind of tweaking a little bit. Is you have to be a woman, you have to be a mom, and you have to be a wife. So you have to do all those things, but you have to make time for you to be able to do all those things. Like you can't just spend 365, 24 hours a day being just a mom. You a mom, yeah, you always a mom. You never stop being a mom. But I'm just saying doing mommy things. Like you need that minute to step away to just be you're still a woman and a young woman. I'm 34. So I still need time to just be like, okay, to get them kids, to get that man. I think about that house. I just need to be a grown woman for a minute. Then I go back in. Then I got to make time to try to be like a wife. And then I got to make time to be like a mom. And you got to kind of mix those in. So it's kind of like the same thing with you with the barbershop. Like you go to the barbershop and that's your time to be like, I mean, you a man all day. But, you know. Yeah, it's like I don't have to worry about, you know, the kids the, the the wife at home like I yeah. like I really and like for us for COVID like we haven't really been going out like that so like I I don't see a lot of my family like I normally would so like being able to see at least one of my cousins you know on a consistent basis has been great and I know like we've tried to like balance like our couple time too. But I feel like sometimes we get so wrapped up on, I got to do this, this, and this work. And then Lauren got like five side businesses going <laughs> on. So she like, I got to do this. I'm going to this conference. It's like, well, you know, when did we fit each other in? Exactly. That was, that was something that um, I was kind of realizing like, okay, I'm doing the mommy thing. And then we, me and him switch off, but then he'll be home. And then I'll go out. And it's just like, well, when are we getting that time in between? Like, I think January is when we kind of start visiting the idea. Like, okay, we still need our time because we went to Miami for his birthday. So that's when we kind of realized, like, this time with no kids and sleeping in and just a weekend getaway, it was actually nice. It was like a nice reset button kind of gave us all. Yeah, and I we do, like, since September, we've gone to um, get Manny's and Patty's once a month. And at first, when she brought it to me i was like i'm gonna do it like what i look like going to the dale <laughs> shop every every month but it's yeah. it's like so relaxed and rewarding like we was there yesterday like i look forward to that and it's funny because like we went to schedule our main appointment I'm like well you're gonna be out of town so she was like well i can go on this day i was like well i'm still going on the day we supposed <laughs> to go like i don't know <laughs> yeah. they gonna go somewhere why it's um I, I like it. It can be fun sometimes. Sometimes it's like, okay, I got one who, like, she older, but, like, her her sense of humor is like, dang, it's like, okay, this is a funny little person. This little person is very, very funny to me. Like, why is she so funny? And then you got the little one, whereas when the older one making you feel like, oh, she gets on my nerves. You're not the coolest mom in the world. Then you got the little one who just looking at you like, you the coolest mom of the year. 
Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's nice. Them, it's a good little. Yeah, they they ten them 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 preteen teenage years is coming. It's I'm, coming sooner. Like I I feel like I got to get in shape for them. Like <laughs> you got you kind of got thrown in there because it's like you didn't have time to. Warm, I've been warming up for this for ten years. It's been building me up for this. You just you kind of just got like thrown in like. Yeah, good, like good and like it's funny because like me in London like we. She didn't do what she was supposed to do for virtual school last week. So, like, my mom was over there watching Ali, my son. And so, like, I'm talking to London. And, like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, I was so mad. Like, just go to your room. And, like, I felt better because, like, my mom afterwards, like, you, you told her to do the right thing. Like, sometimes you just got to tell them to leave for a minute. So. Yeah. If you feel, because it's like, and I had to realize that because you sometimes – I don't know. We st- I know me. I didn't say we. We still kind of really got to re- remember, like, they're still kids. Like, when we was kids, we was messing up. We was doing little stuff and messing up. So we got to just sometimes be like, let me just walk away. Yeah, no. It's, it's funny because, like, when the pandemic hit, like, I had nothing but time. So I'm, like, send me, like, I'm reaching out to people. Like, send me book suggestions. Like, I'm about to be a new parent. Like, what books should I read? Like, I think I read, uh, what is that? What to expect while you're, when you're expecting. Like, I read that harder than Lauren did. Like, she like, I've been through this before. Like, I don't need to see that. That second baby, I was about to say, that second baby hit different. Yeah, like, like, I'm coming up to her like, did you know at 13 weeks, like, this is where he's at in development? (laughs) No, see, with that's a, that's kind of a difference too, I guess, we're having an older and one. That younger one is just like, all right, like when she used to fall, I used to be like, oh my God, the world is over. My world is melting. When she fall, I'm like, uh-oh, all right, you okay, get on up, you fine. See, and Ali, like I'd be more worried when he fought than he do. Like he'd be looking at me like, why are you so concerned? Like, I'm like, you've been here before. Like, yeah, no, that's her dad. Like you just drop her. You just drop, you fall off the bed. You just act like it's nothing. You just go about the day like it's nothing. So I... I get it, but it's like for me, it's like okay, because I know they want so many bumps and bruises and falls and scrapes and tears, like for a long time. So it's like, all right, this is what this is what happens. Yeah, I'm like I read books on like brain development, how to help the child brain develop over time. <laughs> I read uh, what was that? <laughs> Parenting for the African American. Like and I, I read stuff like my parents really messed me up when I was yeah. younger. Like it's no book. I don't think it's a book for it. I think it's it's no book written. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I wish it was a book for parenting. Like I if wish. you like if you do this, do that. Like your kids is gonna be perfect. But I look back on it like my parents did with the best they could with what they knew. Exactly. And I know, for me. Me and my dad relationship wasn't like it's great now. Like my dad, my best friend. Like right. you don't like I don't go a day without talking to him. But at, like teenage years, like I couldn't stand my dad. Like my friends would be like, "Oh, your dad coming? Like you gotta go home." Like my dad was the embarrassing parent. Like <laughs> see, you could look at that from different sides because it's like, yeah, it was like that when we was growing up. But then on my end, it's looking like, well, at least you had you know that. That father figure that, that cared if you was out too late at night or if you was out somewhere he felt like you shouldn't have been. So you kind of got to, I see it from like both sides. Well, I don't see it from your side, obviously, because I was in that your shoes. But it was on that end of it. And now, look, y'all got a good relationship growing up. So it's like, 
And then, you know, we yeah, don't. Yeah, because I, I, I realized, like, and I think I was maybe a freshman, sophomore in college, and I'm like, everything that he did makes sense now. Like, I might not have understood the, his methods then, yeah. but it makes sense now. Because, and then, like, I remember he told me, he was like, the hardest thing I had to do was figure out how to raise a black boy in the city of Detroit. Yeah, it's true. And so, like, now, with me having Ali, it's like, how do I replicate that with my dad? So, like, I want him to be his own individual, but I'm like, don't screw this up. <laughs> I, I don't think, I don't think it's, like, even if, because what if Ali act like how Lauren act when she was younger? Then it's like, well, now you can't act like, you know, I don't know how to from explain this right. Like, say, you saying, like, to, to do it the same way, but it's like, every kid is different. Yeah, so I'm, like, try, I'm trying to, do like so i think we have a bad habit especially in in the black community and we say we we want to give our kids everything we didn't have yeah and i'm like i want to give my kids some of the things i didn't have but i want to infuse some of the things that i did have so they 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 learn some life lessons along the way see and that's you got you kind of it's so it's like using their their methods sometimes but but tweaking it Mm-hmm. So it worked, and you agree with how it worked, but then just just tweak it. Like my mom was a whooper, big, 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 big whooper. I'm a whooper, but not nearly as big as my mom was. My mama was a whooper, like a real life whooper, and it made me realize okay, I don't want to run whoop my kids growing up. Now if I have to, I will, but I really not a fan of like I don't yeah. want to, I and, will. And for me, like I don't want to get like. First, because, like, did some research. I'm that nerd. Went down a rabbit hole. And I'm like, whoopings and stuff literally came from slavery. So why am I emulating something that came from slavery that was meant to control us? True. But at the same time, how much do you talk before it's like you you, you have to? Yeah. And, uh, and, like, I was there with, with London on Friday. Like, we didn't talk. We didn't ground it. Like, and I like Lauren, away, Lauren like, and Whoop London, that don't work either. So it's like, what, like what, what well, works? <laughs> well, now she gotta go to boot camp. So now you got, y'all gotta send her to boot camp. Y'all done tried everything. Send her to boot camp. But it's, it's like I don't know. Like I am certain stuff. I do certain things. I believe do warrant a good old fashioned ass. And, and I, and like, I, like uh, that's like a conversation. Me and. Okay. That that me and like Lauren like still having like she like no I'm go- I'm going whoop and I'm like I don't know. And it, it, I think for y'all because he does it with there when it comes time for Nevada get whooping he automatically he got to go to the store if Nevada about to get a whooping he got to go to the store he needs to run to the car wash he need to do anything to get out the house he don't like to be there when Nevada get a whooping but that's just his method he could talk to her. And they could figure something out, and it could work. And then sometimes if I do whoop her, it do work. And sometimes it don't. She might be ready at being bad the next morning. So if sometimes she it correct it, we don't have a problem for a while, a long time. So yeah, and I guess my just, thing is like I just want I, I want to get to the point where I had a parent look like that look. I don't even think I got that look. Almost, but not really. I don't think I got the look to where I could just look at her and she know like let me just. But but I and I guess part of my issue with whooping is like like I didn't get whooped as a kid. I got like I got some beatings, like some some 
Like I look back on it like, damn, like I like I got some counseling damn. I need to do. I got I got beat. So I I she get it way easier than what I was getting because the Lord. Thank God. Shout out to my mama. She the greatest in the world. So. Yeah, my, my, like, I feel like we sweep, uh, like, in the black community, we sweep under the rug a lot of the things that happened to us as kids. Yeah. And we scared, like, to talk about, like, I've had conversations with my dad. Yeah. See, but it's like, I look at it like, well, it's like, now I'm trying to, like, break the cycle, but I think with our parents' parents, it was no show no feeling at all. With our parents, it was okay, show a little bit of feeling, but don't be too grown. But what's too grown? Like when did, when is it? I understand like calling back person and that's grown, but telling you how you made me feel about a situation is not me being too grown. So that's kind of what I push off on my kid is okay. You can tell me how you feel, you know, don't do it in a disrespectful way. But I want to know how you feel because you are a little person. You do have feelings, so. Something's bothering you. She might have took a prime example was this morning. She took the wrong. She, or this morning or yesterday. I don't remember. But she thought I had an attitude, which caused her to have an attitude. And I'm like, well, I don't even have an attitude. She's like, well, fine. Now I don't have an attitude. <laughs> so it's just like, if you just conversate, sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. They shut down. But sometimes if you just conversate, it do work. And I think in the black community, sometimes we see if kid is having a conversation about their feelings, it's taking like, oh, they being grown. And yeah, and it's not always the case. And and being a teacher, and I don't mean to throw like any of my other teacher friends under the bus, but like, I know like I've been had conversations with other teachers. They'd be like, basically, students shouldn't be able to express themselves, and I'm like, why not? Yeah, they still people, and that's why when you get older, some people don't know how to express their feelings as an adult. Because they was never given an option to do it as a child or a teenager or, you know, they just bottle it up because that's that's what they grew up doing. So that could be um, a thing, too. Do you feel like how you how you were raised affects, like, your, your, your spousal relationship? Mm, yes. It's taken what should be... Like, it's taking a little longer to see how, like, a healthy, you know, like, a healthy relationship kind of, like, forms. Because it was, I had just my mom. You know, I had somebody there that was like my dad, but, you know, he had his his situation. He had his his kids most of the time, too. So, it was a lot of times he couldn't be around because he had kids that, you know, they would do stuff. So, for me, like, trying to learn in the beginning was where it was, like, shaky for me because I didn't know how to transition from okay you're single so certain friends you should not have certain things you should not do even though I had other relationships I didn't take them as serious I feel like as I've taken this and this is the most mature like grown relationship I had so for me just learning how to be in a relationship and what you do do and what you don't do what's acceptable and not acceptable what I saw growing up you know is not how it was supposed to go like, express your feelings. When you mad, tell them you mad. You feel some type of way, tell them you feel some type of way. You need attention, tell them you need attention. Don't. Yeah, I, I agree because, like, my parents been married 40, 43 years now. Bless them. And, like, 
I it wasn't always easy. Like my parents went to counseling. Yeah. Uh, I saw them argue, but it showed me like when you love someone, like the sacrifices, what's what's got to be done, and like I know it's a stigma in the black community, but about going to counseling, but seeing my parents because they went to counseling when I was like in seventh or eighth grade, so seeing it then. It let me know, hey, you know, counseling's okay. Like, yeah. I'm gonna be real. Like, me, Lauren, and London, like, we in family counseling right now. Yeah, we trying to sign up for it too. So it's not. I don't think it's just. I think it's becoming more normal now, where it's just like. You yeah, know. I, I, I shout out to Charlemagne because I think he helped <laughs> that. Like his kind book, of pushed that. Yeah, his book, like Sugar Ones, really like for me it was like eye opening because like you don't think. That as a black person, like, yeah, I like you have all these traumatic experiences. And with George, with the whole George Floyd thing going on and the countless other who, like, if I sat here and named everybody, this podcast would be going on till tomorrow. Right. But, Sadly. yeah, it made me thinking and I read a book post-traumatic slave syndrome like we as black people like that's why it's hard for me like when the, the George Floyd thing happened and they like you gotta watch the nine minute video like I couldn't do it like I'm first of all I feel like I'm desensitized to it which is not a good thing secondly I feel like mentally like what is this doing to me yeah because now you're looking at people that you probably wouldn't even have thought about like that like hmm and, like, my dad was a retired cop. So, like, that whole situation is complex in itself because, yeah. like, I remember when Eric Gardner happened, calling my dad, like, and, like, I still do it today. Like, we're talking about the, the George Floyd, uh, the Chavez trial right now. Like, is this, you know, what is taught? Like, how how can other cops just sit there and be okay with that? Right. And, like, I know my dad was, like, that's one of the reasons why he ultimately retired and left the police department because he didn't agree. And I know for us in Detroit, like, a lot of people like James Craig, but he didn't like a lot of the policies that was going on. So, and then, like, now I'm introducing a child to this. Now I got a wife. So, like, mentally, like, it's, it's I feel like it's, a lot being just a a black person in America, but then being a black man in America. Yeah, it's I think it's it's hard for both. Cause that's the same thing. Um, I feel like with the black women, I feel like we are Chandra Bland. Yeah, I feel like we at least protected sometimes. Um, yeah, Malcolm X said the the least um, protected person in America is the black woman. The yeah. least respected. Yeah, exactly. So it's like with, with, when it comes to that, I feel like okay, well, you know, it's it's rough for one because like something that you could complain about at work, like if it was something you could complain about at work, it's just like oh, he's just voicing his opinion. But then sometimes it might be something I might complain about the same thing, and it's just you don't want to come off as that angry black woman. So it's like yeah, and and then that's. Or like you got a nasty attitude, and it's no like you really just did some 
some real some real shit. You just did some real shit. And I just felt like you needed to know that you just did some real stuff to me. Yeah, and that's just like watching the the uh, Kamala Harris and the child to the to the VPs. But when she had a debate with Pence, you know, p- different commentators, especially those on Fox News, because I, I read they comment too, talking about her attitude. It's like, well, no, she didn't have an attitude. Like, she was being her. Exactly. Like, and then how to, as a parent, as a husband, teaching your kids, like Lauren the other day was like, well, when did we have a talk with London? The what talk? The when you get pulled over by the police, oh. or you know, being. I'm talking about the talk talk. I'm no, like, what talk? No, I ain't, hopefully we won't have to have that. I want to have she's thirty. Okay. For, for many, for many, for many, many years. I'm looking at at least thirty. If we can stretch it out to thirty, that'd be great. That would be great. But it's like it's. Uh, I don't know. Like it's. Um, I don't want to. I, I that talk needs to be had, but at the same time. They're not about to drive no time soon, so don't take that from the, the innocence. A part of me is like, don't make, don't send them into the world blind. But certain stuff, I I don't introduce her to because I don't want her thinking. Like when you watch too many of like the, the, the black movies like that came out, you just like, you know what, man, screw them. Sometimes after watching that movie, you just like, man, screw all of them. Yeah, it's I like I remember true. as a kid, like my parents took me to see Rosewood. And like looking back, I'm like, damn, why did they take me to see Rosewood this this young? I like, seen Rosewood. So the the whole thing about so Rosewood was a town in in Florida, uh, and Rosewood was the the black section and it was a white section. Long story short, this white lady accused this black man of rape, even though she was cheating on her husband with this white dude. But not to get in trouble, she says she was raped by this black dude. Oh. So the white people basically burned down Rosewood and was trying to hang, you know, a dude that didn't even do it. Oh, okay. I'm trying to remember, so I'm going to add that to my list of things to watch. And but and I guess for us, and it's because it's Ali is, of course, named after Muhammad Ali. Like, when I talk about where his name came from, when we had that conversation, like, I'm going to, like, I feel like I want it to be an ongoing conversation. And I don't know if I'm right or wrong for that. And I don't know if Lauren agrees 100% with that. But because I feel like as black youth, we are hit over the head with um, European, white culture, white history. Like, I want to start having conversations like black history just ain't started as slavery. And it's not just Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King, and Malcolm X, and Rosa Parks, and it's not just the the, the ones that, you know, the, the the popular. There's so many more that I think they need to know about that I feel like it's not kind of like pushed out there. They don't even I don't even think they do like the Black History program they used to do. They used to have to do a Black History project and yeah, it's and it's, it's still yeah they they London had to do one this year. But, so, I'm, like, I'm kind of, like, I try to be in your face with it. Like, I walk around Westland and Livonia, two of the whitest cities in America with a legalized blackness hoodie on. 
Uh, and I I get different looks. And, like, I thought about today, like, do I need to tone it down? Because, like, God forbid something happens. Like, my ultimate goal every night is to come home to my kids. It's all bad to say. Yes, tone it down, but you got to think, is it, is it, if you, if you only pick that shirt out when you're going out there, just leave it. Because um, you don't want to provoke something that could, you know, ultimately be an issue. And knowing what type of areas those are. Like, then, but then I look at like I would just avoid them all together. I wouldn't spend money in them. We got the 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 people the people that can walk around with the the Trumps hats on and you know all and this. And that's true and too. And that's true too. And they got to take what comes with possibly wearing it. Somebody might say something at the end of and it could start a thing. So it kind of all every action has a reaction. And so like. I don't, I don't know if you've done or thought about doing something like you have like a couple's bucket list. So like you have an official that's stuff they say you do. Yeah, so like like I know like I want to take the kids to to Africa and spend the summer. I want to do it too. That sounds fun. So and damn COVID, but because you know <laughs> we we would have vacated. And I think that's another strain like on the relationship like. We would have vacationed by now. Like, y'all got to go to Miami. Like, we literally we still have been nowhere. <laughs> we still travel. I still travel, like, a lot after um after the baby. And I think even during my pregnancy. No, because I stay in the house during my pregnancy. But after I had the baby, and that, it was a concern. But it was kind of like, you know what? I'm kind of like, I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. And it's weird because I'm a nurse. But it's just like, I still wanted to, like, travel like so i still you know did stuff and then with him it was the same thing at first we didn't because you know he was worried about it but now like we we leave this weekend like you just you have to still you still need that time i feel like yeah so like i guess for us it's like trying to find that balance but like i didn't did this bucket list like i want my kids to go here like i'm talking like history tours like yeah and even if it's like it don't have to be right now, because like you said, right now, like, London Alder, but he wouldn't remember it, so, mm-hmm. even still. And I, I guess that's a, another thing, like, I had to explain to London, is one of the best things my dad ever did for, for our relationship is, when I got to high school, we used to do a father-son trip one weekend a year to Atlanta. And so, I'm like, when Ali get older, like, I want to expand that, like, I want to do a trip once a year, just me and him somewhere. If we can cheer, just a guy's day. A guy, a father's son day is always uh, needed. Because it's two, it's two women in the house. You don't want to just around women all the time. And I, and I guess that's another reason like why I was happy he was a boy. Because I'm like, London's a girl. Lawrence a girl. Even a dog's a girl. Like I, I, I need another a male presence in you. Yeah, you need some and then uh, then the other thing is I'm like if he not and like when we was at the ultrasound I'm sitting in the car like please let this be a boy because I don't want to tell my mother-in-law she's about to have another girl <laughs> that would have been that would have been crazy that would have been five that would have been five people so I'm like five he, girls he, he, he broke the the streak the and, curse and I guess like for me with him is like I want to embrace his 
his culture and both sides. My wife is is mixed too, so she got Polish. So I, like, I want to take him to Poland, mm-hmm. I, and but I'm like, when do I start showing him? You know, this is what it means to be black. You have to grow up the child. I think in the maturity level, like certain things that I've already discussed with uh, Isaiah off her maturity level. Certain things I have not discussed with Isaiah because her maturity level. But it's a lot of things I think she knows about early on, just because I think she's mature and it's just, you know, just stuff that I think you know. I wish I would have got talked about around her age. So it's just like certain stuff. It's yeah, I'm like, do I be the dad on the uh, Hate You Give? Like, read me the the, the Black Panther <laughs> uh, ten point program. <laughs> See, and that, and that's the hard part because I don't know what a, what a little boy, but you can kind of gauge when your kids get a certain age, you can start kind of gauging when it's time to talk about what. Like, it's you can you can kind of tell. And then I'm like, I feel like one of the hardest parts of being especially a parent in general, but especially a black parent, is what school to send your kid to. You want them to get the, sad to say, but like a better education further out, but it's not a lot of them? Or do you have them stay in the city where they're around all, they're around their, you know, their own, you know, Uh, comfort zone, but then it's the the education part of it is not the greatest. And uh, so... Because me and Laura have already talked, like, and this used to get me in trouble with a lot of my teacher friends, and not so much now because the narrative started changing, but I feel like college is going to be up to London and Ali if they want to do, like, I'm not going to force them. However, if Ali and London do, like, I want to go to college, I'm going to be like, uh, and I'm going to be trying to push an HBCU on them. Yeah. I probably, I probably would only because the selection of schools she'll probably have went to leading up to that would not, you know, it wouldn't probably teach her as much black history and, and stuff. So I, I would prefer it. But if she told me she didn't want to go to college either, my kids don't want to go to college, I wouldn't push it. I wouldn't push military. Um, and I wouldn't push, uh, but you have to do something. You, 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 you have to come up with a 17. I need you to tell me what you, what's, what's your plan. You got to do something. You can't just chill. And I know Lauren is like really wants them to be entrepreneurs, which I agree with. Like, I, But at the end of the day, like I want them to do something that they love. Like I like I love being a teacher. Like if I wasn't a teacher, like I don't I would probably be going crazy. But I get to wake up and impact youth every single day. See, for me, I, I I want her to be an entrepreneur, but at the same time, I want you to, certain stuff, it's just like with nursing school. They could teach you all this stuff for nursing school, line you up and take a test. But all that stuff kind of, and any nurse will tell you, all that go out the window once you get in the field. Yeah, you, that's, that's you, how teaching is, too. Yeah. Like, I, I did a year of student teaching, really, where I was, you know, in somebody else's classroom. But still, like my first year uh, uh, alone in the classroom, and I was like, "This this was hell by fire." And I don't know if it was partly because I was in the same neighborhood the wire was based on in Baltimore, 
But like that first year, like I I don't know. I cried countless days. Like I remember calling my mom was like, Is teacher supposed to be like this? I don't think I can do it. Like so and and I guess that's part of my issue with the pandemic too. It's like I don't get to separate my roles. Like it used to be like I teach while I'm at the school and then I come home and I can just shut that part of my life off. But now I'm doing virtual school. I'm like, now I'm not only am I teaching high school, I'm going back to fourth grade, math didn't change. I'm calling my math teacher friends like, and my sister like, how you do this math problem? And what happened to old math? (laughs) Why they making this R? I forgot we had to make the R. You know, Mm -hmm. for a remainder. Why you writing the R right there? She's like, because that's what's left over. Yeah, so... And then, like, they got so much more stuff. Like, I think about that Will Smith song, Just the Twist, back in the day. He, like, he got so much more stuff than I had. Trying, and, like, I'm dating myself because I remember the song. He, like, I'm trying to figure out where the CD-ROM goes. I'm, like, <laughs> London the other day, I pulled out a USB. She was like, what are those? And I'm like, you really don't know what a USB is? <laughs> yeah, they had to show me how to use a new computer where it gets so into the monitor. I'm like, where's the disc? Where's the modem? Check and see, life. they don't even make it. They don't even, like... Make modems no more. Modems are gone. My work computer don't even have a place to put a CD. Yeah, it's... Like, it's my dad was like, well, when you when you have to do something, like, to get a program, what you doing? I'm like, you got to download it from, from the internet, Dad. <laughs> um, the, the last thing I wanted to talk about is health so as as a as a black man um i know like lots of us don't like to go to the doctor for obvious reasons and we'll probably talk about this even more when we talk about the the covid vaccine should you get it shouldn't you get it um but like, find out, like, I'm going to have a son. Like, I'm like, okay, let me go to the doctor. Let me get checked up. Let me make right. sure. And then, like, I remember Lauren had the baby, and they like, oh, you know, we need your pediatrician. And, like, at that time, like, London's pediatrician office had closed. So we in the hospital trying to find a new pediatrician. And, like, Lauren's like, well, I wanted to be a black pediatrician. And so we found our pediatrician at the hospital. She was just so sweet and bubbly. And it actually worked out for us. Um, shout out to Dr. Ackerman. Uh, so she she actually came in and checked on Heaven. And then we ended up actually switching Nadea's pediatrician to her pediatrician because it's, the energy was just, you know. Yeah, and like we, like we end up, shout out to Google, shout out to Dr. Um, Liza Weathersby. Like we found her via Google. And she has been amazing, but I remember, like, we literally sitting in the hospital bed, like, can you, yeah. I just took it for a while. I'm like, "Uh, you want to do, you want to be a pediatrician? Yeah, so, but for me, like, 36, just had my first child. It's like, okay, like, I got to be here for him. So, like, I'm getting checked up, like, and, like, even, like, now, like, I did the whole yes, sir, yes, sir, leading off the podcast. My best friend from elementary school died two months ago just out the blue. And it's like, and then I had another friend from high school just die. And it's, I'm like, 
we lose some black men, not only to COVID, but just in health problems in general. And it's like, I, I need to be here for my kids. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, I didn't take my health seriously until after we got pregnant the first time. And then I lost it at like two months. It was, it was kind of like, uh, I wasn't, I, I had to, well, you know, I had thyroid cancer. So mm-hmm. I had to take thyroid medicine. So I wasn't taking it. So it was like that could have affected it because I wasn't taking all medication like I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to take it every morning, every day. And I wasn't taking how I was supposed to. And then, you know, just other little stuff that I wasn't doing that I should have been doing for my health that I wasn't doing. But when that happened, it was kind of like, all right, I need to kind of tighten up as far as my health. Yeah, and then, like, a couple of weeks after Ali was born, like, my, Lauren kept saying, you know, she had this pain in her neck or whatever. And she was like, at first we thought it because she had the C-section and then it just wouldn't go away. And then she went to urgent care, but they really couldn't do nothing for that. So they was telling her to go to the emergency room. She was like, no, I don't really want to then. I remember it was a Saturday and she was like, like she was, couldn't go to sleep. So I'm like, you just need to go to an emergency. And... Little did I know, like, that would turn to, like, one of the scariest moments of my life because she mm-hmm. called me at, like, 1 in the morning and said uh, they was going to admit hers. Uh, she had postpartum preeclampsia, and I'm like, I just thought you could get preeclampsia while you were pregnant. Right, right. Like, I didn't know you could get a postpartum. So I'm like, cool. We know what that is. We know mm-hmm. how they can treat it. And then I remember I fell asleep with Ali, and... I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning. I saw I had a missed call from from the hospital, and the doctor had left left me a voicemail saying to, to call her. So I'm like, "Oh, this can't be good." Like, right. So I called, and they like we transferred her to Beaumont Royal Oak ICU, and I'm like, "ICU for what?" And right. she like she got a pulmonary uh, uh, brain uh, neck the in one of her veins and. Uh, aneurysm. I'm oh, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm just like, what? wait, what? And I'm like, ICU? Don't y'all got COVID patients on ICU? So now I'm double paranoid. Yeah, now she can't come home for 14 days. Yeah, so. <laughs> so. And then, like, it really got real. I, I see her in the hospital. She got all these, shout out to having all these tubes, <laughs> you know, going everywhere, all these monitors on. Like, and then the nurse was like, well, I need to talk to you. And she bring me over there and she, like, she talking to me about a DNR, and I'm like, DNR? What oh, the yeah, heck? Oh, yeah, that forehead is serious when you see it. And right, and it's just like, well, wait a minute now. Why are we, talk- why are we even talking about this? And then just to experience, like, the doctors, one really taking it serious. Uh, he was talking down to me and, and more. So dealing with all that, like, because... I read this book, Medical Apartheid, and it talked about, you know, how blacks are treated in the medical industry, but just to be talked down to, like, I'm better than you because I got these degrees, like... Yeah. And it made me think about how black women in particular are dying at alarming rates just from pregnancy. Yeah. Like, it's 2021, and we, like, it's a death sentence sometimes if you're a black woman and you get pregnant and it's like when will America protect black families exactly or if ever if ever I think it's not it's not new I'm pretty sure it's it's, it's not new so it's just like will it ever happen 
And like, and I, I do want to talk about the what I call the Obama effect on on a later podcast. But I, I do feel like a segment. So if a segment of America got pissed because a black man became president. Then another segment was like, cool, we got a black president. Like all that racist shit that was going on in the past, like it's done. Yeah, so we thought. And and then we got. Four years uh, of, of Donald um, Trump. Um, so this is going to wrap up our, our first introductory podcast. We got, we got tons of topics on deck for you. Uh, wokeness versus cancel culture. Uh, we are going to sit down with a black Republican soon. Um, talk about we're going to talk about topics like life after prison as for a black man. Um, so um, subscribe. Follow us on social media. You can find me at the Bowtie Teacher. Um, I will keep that because a lot of people have been sending me messages on Instagram trying to buy my Instagram handle, <laughs> but I, I'm the legit at the Bowtie Teacher. And I am at I think it's five underscore five underscore Shonda. Um, I'm just a nice little mom that that likes to talk. <laughs> so. So we'll we'll see y'all again in two weeks, and just uh, we just want to have a moment of silence for Earl D M X Simmons, uh, a very unique soul, a hip hop pioneer. Um, I don't think you can have a great list in in hip hop and, and rap and leave D M X off the list. He. Uh, I just read that he was the first rap artist to have five consecutive number one albums. So, mm-hmm. and you know they were talking about um, Beyonce and Jay Z buying back his masters and then giving it to his kids. Yeah, and, and shoot, that's a topic we need to talk about too. Like blacks in the music industry. Like, um, you just made me think about Prince telling um, Nas that he wouldn't work with him till he owned his masters. So. Um. But shout out to, to Jay-Z and Beyonce for, for, for doing that. They, they're often criticized for a bunch of other stuff, but we, we got to praise right. them when they, they do something tremendous and just rest in peace uh, for DMX. Yes, I did. So I packed it up and brought it back to the crib. Just a little something, show you how we live. Everybody want it, but it ain't that serious. Mm-hmm. That's that shit. So if you gon' do it, do it just like this. You don't see just how wild the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. I don't see why I need a stylist. When I shot so much, I can speak Italian. I don't know, I just want it better for my kids. Saying we was from the projects, but every time I wanna lay away or deposit, my dad say when you see clothes, close your eyelids. We was sorta like Will Smith and his son. In the movie, I ain't talking about the rich ones. Cause every summer he'd get some brand new hair brain scheme to get rich from. And I don't know what he did for dope, but he'd send me back to school with a new wardrobe and hey, hey.